We're standing on the edge of tomorrow. And he's asking us to get off of him because he just came back from retirement in a stellar Royal Rumble experience. I think this was possibly one of the best Royal Rumbles in my adult life. As a whole, and the Men's Royal Rumble was just, it was great. Uh, about to the point of the the one you had me sit down and watch where Ric Flair and... 92. Yeah, there you go. 90, 92 with... Uh, was Ric Flair and and I'm looking right at him right now, Roddy Piper. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, no. Brock Lesnar had a great showcase. We're, we're gonna get into it and break it all down, but uh, we got Edge back, yo. And even bigger than that, he may have been set to go to AEW in the first place. Wow. Well, he's better off in WWE. Honestly, I would he, never in any universe put him in AEW. Right. I mean, and it, I, would be, it would be interesting to see. According to sources, that, he was according to most sources. He was never going there, but people have talked about him. I suppose I should just hit the Meltzer alert here. Meltzer. I'm sure he was one of the ones who said <laughs> it. Meltzer. Uh, Meltzer. From most accounts, from most, from pretty much every account I've read, he... He would talk to WWE, then he told WWE he was talking with AEW, and then he signed with WWE for the same price they were originally offered, which is fine. (laughs) He's not making uh, Undertaker or Brock Lesnar money. But he's also got a pretty good schedule from the sounds of things. He's he's not making Undertaker or Brock Lesnar schedule, but a better schedule than I make at my work. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. And according but, to Monday Night Raw, we're kicking off his return with a great feud with Randy Orton, which is a long time coming, and it's going to be fun. It's a good way to kick him off, I guess. But before we hop into the actual show, let's talk about some quality apparel that you could hop into. And of Ooh, course, you yeah. can find quality apparel at Monster Wear Clothing. Yes, folks, at Monster Wear Clothing who supports Beef Sticks Podcast, and we support them lovingly. You can get your small run or bulk orders on not only T-shirts and other clothing wear, such as jerseys, but also decals, stickers, hats, glassware, pretty much any type or style of fabric you can find. If you want a tramp stamp put right on your G-string, He's got it for you, baby. Along with custom graphics and logo design services offered, this is the place to stop for all of your logo, 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 your local logo. That's what I was trying to say. Sure, we'll go with that. Promotions. Anything that you want to slap your logos on and you want to get your name out there and you want to promote, you want to promote like a beast, Brock Lesnar. You want to promote like a monster, abyss. You want to promote with Monster Wear Clothing. But, of course, they're not our only quality clothing company that helps get our point across. No, you can also find that at Qualities T-Shirt Company. Yes, Qualities gives you custom T-shirts, sublimation, heat transfer, vinyl, and decals. If you got special gifts... They got them for you. How about sports team shirts? You start out a local sports team, you want to get your name out there, huh? Hey, remember when we did that with volleyball? Oh, it was great. We would have had better quality stuff. 
than qualities. We can work out your weddings if you're sad enough to have a wedding. I, I'm sorry, but you'll need something to help out. Of course, concert merch. If you're a local artist out there trying to make a buck, make a dime on your time, well, these guys are sublime. Qualities. Any occasion, they are the ones for you. Of course, if you have any questions or want to know more, you can check out Quality Shirtco at gmail.com. Yes. Support my boy, that dude Saint, because he supports your boys, Pasty and Fat Mac. He's a saint. Now getting on down into it, and I'll slide right on in here, because this is probably the first one I can speak on, because I was there. I lived it, and I remember it in full. Because the day was January 26th, 2015. The event was Monday Night Raw. The problem was, it wasn't. Because of the blizzard of 2015. Due to said blizzard, a travel ban was imposed on the state just hours before Raw was to take place in Hartford, Connecticut. With the state looking at high winds, two feet or more of snow, and blizzard warnings in effect, the company essentially canceled Monday Night Raw and instead presented a snowed-in episode featuring replays of the previous night's Royal Rumble match as well as WWE Championship triple threat match involving Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar, and Roman Reigns. As well as sit-down interviews with all three men. Now, the only other time Raw was canceled was on June 25th, 2007, the Monday following the double murder-suicide of the Chris Benoit and his family. Whoop, whoop! Yes. Oh, wait, sorry, that was inappropriate. <laughs> Too soon, bro? Too soon? Too soon. Yeah, I remember that. I actually watched that episode of Raw. I don't know why I did, because it was very pointless. I watched it because I was interested, and I remember it. This is one of those stupid things where I remember where I was because I actually was over at my son's mother's. Um, she lived in a townhome at the time, and I actually went over there for whatever reason and sat down and watched it with her, and I just remember, like, JBL was on the rooftop kind of as the intermediary between segments and stuff like that, and, and I, I thought it was – Obviously, if they did it every week, it'd be stupid. Nobody would ever watch it. But I thought it was interesting and something different, especially since, if you remember, folks, back in 2015, because <laughs> it's way different than today, Raw was getting pretty stale. Yeah. So something like this was quite a shakeup that that was kind of much needed. Yeah, it was interesting, and they definitely turned chicken shit into chicken salad. Yeah, it could have been much worse, or they could have just said, no, we're just shutting it down altogether. Yeah. USA, play another Walker, Texas Ranger episode. <laughs> you know. They, they couldn't give Walker the airtime. <laughs> Three hours of Walker? Ah. Oh, that's too much to handle, baby. I mean, that man cannot act. <laughs> ah. That's yeah, about time of this week in pro wrestling history is like inside my lifetime. Well, you know, we try to shuffle it up. We try to do a lot of... Because uh, I was try only to do... born in 20... <laughs> 2007. Right, so this is this is more. <laughs> we try to do some more newer stuff, some older stuff. We try to do a mixture of, you know, WWF, WWE, Japanese, Mexican. We try to do a little bit of everything. It's kind of sporadic, but 
I think this is the most current news that we've ever had on there. And and obviously it comes with the territory when you're talking about pro wrestling history. At least me, everybody knows I'm a huge you know, connoisseur of the old, old-timey shit yes. from long before I was born. But when I think of pro wrestling history, my mind just automatically jumps 30 well, you years gotta go back. you got to go into the foundation, yeah. But that's not true because, of course, pro wrestling history was made just this last Sunday. Oh, WWE will tell you it's made all. <laughs> and it's a so, big deal. Actually, WWE history was made just yesterday with some huge news that we'll get into <laughs> later. But So it's good that we that sometimes we we don't forget that, that history isn't just history from before we were all born. History can also exist in just the recent past. Yes. With that, I think I'm about to click this here button and bring you into this week's token JRR. He's living in the, living in the Ozarks now, back up to the Ozarks, somewhere in Missouri. I think he's looking for Bigfoot. I'm not sure if he finds if Cowboy finds Bigfoot, Bigfoot, and he can make a couple of bucks. Bigfoot's ass is gone. I can just tell you that right now. Bigfoot's a he's a Cowboy don't do no jobs even in the Ozarks. But I I, I had to clarify that. <laughs> I had to clarify that. <laughs> That's good shit. It's well, it's good that he clarified. It's yeah, very it's, good he clarified. You know, Cowboy don't uh, take no don't don't do no jobs even in the Ozarks. No, Cowboy don't do no jobs. Not even to the Bigfoot, buddy. I know the $6 million man Steve Austin job to Bigfoot, but not the Cowboy. Uh, but what Cowboy, you may ask? Well, you got to listen to JR's podcast to find out. That's right. We give him free promotion because he doesn't do that for himself enough on AEW Dynamite. It's every <laughs> week now. Every single week he talks about his podcast. Got to get it in there. And it's full circle because every fucking week on his podcast, he, he, he does a good 10-minute promo for AEW. And I give him credit. A lot of times he does actually shit on the, the product for the things that he doesn't agree with, and I love that he does that. But there's he, sometimes he'll just be talking about something that has nothing to do with it. You know, he'll be, well, you know, they raised the taxes over here now, uh, over here in in, in Oklahoma now, and just, just the same way they raised the ropes last Thursday night there on Dynamite, boy, them kids sure got it. I can't tell you enough about them kids. So, so is raising taxes good, or is raising the ropes bad? <laughs> I don't understand what you're getting here. <laughs> what is it, JR? I don't know. I just made sure to say the name. I just had to clarify that. <laughs> no, Tony. no, you didn't. Tony Khan tickles my taint every time I say the letters A-E-W. There he goes, buddy. Ha-ha. Somebody get this. Somebody find me Jerry Lawler. This guy needs a nap. <laughs> Sassafras. <laughs> I just imagine JR and Jerry Lawler spooning with thumbs oh. in the mouths, sleeping soundly. We're, we're hoping the thumbs art. in the mouths. We're hoping. One of, our, one of our lovely, beautiful Beef Sticks podcast fans should draw that up for us. JR and Jerry Lawler spooning chibi art style with their thumbs yeah. in the mouth sleeping soundly. We like it. We like yes. it a lot. With that being said, I think it is time. It is time, but it's not Vader time. No, it's hard times, pasty. It's hard times time. Times times. Yes. And we've got the results. 
Yes, folks, NWA, now they're, they're, they're moving forward with doing uh, pay-per-views. In fact, they've uh, announced that their next pay-per-view is going to be the Crockett Cup held in April. Of course, they did do a, a Crockett Cup special last year, but it wasn't an actual pay-per-view, so it's nice that they are... Uh, was it around April? Because I feel like it was a lot more recent than that. Um, I, I think it might have been in, in summer, maybe at, at latest fall, but it was around summerish. I think. I don't think it was this early, but I, I don't know. The the times all say, melt I, I don't know. Nowadays. Yeah, I don't know exactly when. I feel like it was right about the time the Elite left uh, Ring of Honor New Japan, though. Yeah. Because it was right when Villain got off on his own two feet. Okay. I think. Could be wrong. You got, you got a lot of points there that you're, that you're, you're pointing out. I like that. Yeah. You could put up a whole uh, chart and put little pins in there. Yes. I can take a weather map and draw on it with a black Sharpie. We dig it. Yes. So here we go, folks. This, of course, the, the whole pay-per-view was built around the television championship tournament to crown the vacant television title champion. Tournament. And so we got a, a few, <laughs> got a few first-round ones. I'm not. There's not a whole lot to talk about in this. As I as I gushed about last week, I super love one-night tournaments. But I really These feel are all that, really short matches. Yeah, NWA, I think, I, I see what they were doing. They threw a few championship matches Was in there. Was this just to, an hour-long pay-per-view? Uh, two hour. Okay. Um, but they threw in, you know, a, a couple championship matches in between to really get people's attention. And I get that, and that, that's probably smart for selling it and marketing. But I feel like this pay-per-view overall, and I usually say my overall comments to the end, but I'm just going to say it now because there's not a lot to go over. If they would have got rid of two, if not all, of the championship matches and made it just the tournament matches and had longer and more story-told matches, it would have been great. Because, folks, first-round tournament, we had Trevor Murdoch defeating the question mark in just over three minutes. We had Dan Moff defeat Zicky Dice in... Two and a half minutes, and we had Ricky Starks defeat Matt Cross in just under four minutes, and we had a bye match that didn't even take place. So there you go. That's the first round right there. You can knock that into less than ten minutes. Woohoo! You know, so uh, I wasn't impressed with that. I, I actually really wasn't impressed with that. Wasn't for me. Moving on, pasty. We had a NWA. So what you're saying is it didn't make for good TV. Uh, for me personally, no. <laughs> for me personally, it didn't. Some people might dig it. For me personally, it didn't. Then we had the NWA uh, Tag Team Championship match, and the Rock and Roll Express were defending their titles against the Wild Cards and Eli Drake and James Storm. Pasty, you thought the Rock and Roll were keeping it again. I thought the Wild Cards were taking it back after they we lost were both it. Wrong. Oh, and Eli, the the makeshift team of Eli Drake and James Storm, which, by the way... We were the most obvious to win it, really. Out of these two teams, they're probably the best team. I really yeah. like them as a team, but they just seem like so much better single stars. But uh, they won it. This is cool. Um, I, I'm interested to see what they do with this. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good fit for NWA, though, to have them as your tag team champions. Like, Oh, of course. That's a, that's a pretty, pretty dream team, even though they're a brand new thing. You know, Rock and Roll Express has the name, but everybody knows they're 
way, way past their prime. Still amazing and still in better shape than Pacey and I. can be the mouthpiece and Storm can be the silent badass. It's good. Well, and and the wild cards, although they're great champions, but Royce Isaacs and Tom Latimer aren't big names that you're going to sell a a TV show on or a pay-per-view on. So to put Eli Drake and Storm in there makes sense business-wise. Yeah. We also had the NWA World's Women's Championship match where Thunder Rosa took the title from Allison Kay in an amazing catch-as-catch-can, ground-and-pound, just awesome wrestling hold wrestling match to the mat match. I loved it. Great storytelling. Uh, I'm going to say it right now, my favorite match of the night. I thought this was just super awesome. Loved it. I recommend anybody, if you're going to watch just one match, go and watch this one, surprisingly. From my own personal knowledge, did the last match not have a time? It had a, it had a time. Um, <laughs> Wikipedia didn't release the time. Dave Meltzer didn't release the time, so I didn't write the time. So it's a conspiracy is what it you're is. telling me. So the Rock and Roll Express really did retain their championships just due to the magic of editing. This is what we got. Point we'll go for Pasty. One point for Pasty. Do you feel better, Pasty? Yes. By the way, um, this match with uh, for the women's championship, longest match on the card, and I think that might also have something to do with why I feel it was the best. It actually gave them time to tell a story because, sadly, this is only one of two matches out of ten that goes over ten minutes long. <sighs> so, Pacey, we move on to the semifinal it's matches. you got to complain about the opposite of a WWE pay-per-view. <laughs> I know, right? Isn't there a happy medium? Give us a happy medium. I was really excited for this pay-per-view, and it let me down. It's not a horrible pay-per-view. I just feel like this is one that could have been done over two episodes of a show and been huh. the same thing. Hey, I mean, I mean, AEW's second pay-per-view wasn't that great either. Right. It's- um. Semi-final round for the television championship. Trevor Murdoch defeated Dan Moff in three and a half minutes. So we're still, you know, kicking ass there. Don Moff, his two matches have have gotten to just six minutes now. So he spent six minutes in the ring. Woo! <laughs> That's a good payday. I'm telling you. <laughs> Trevor, Trevor Murdoch, six and a half. Um, other semifinal match, we had Ricky Starks defeat Tim Storm in just under five minutes. Again, nothing really to go over with any of these. NWA National Championships. We've seen Scott Steiner defeat Aaron Stevens, but this Good. was by DQ when the question mark came in and busted out some of his Mangrovian techniques <laughs> on on Big Papa Pump. Um, we did get to see uh, another um, Mangrovian expedition, not expedition, exhibition, thank you, <laughs> match. Uh, or, or exhibition ahead of time, breaking boards and all that. I love the whole Mangrovian. Yeah, I love going, going I love back they, to the made-up places. Yeah, they make up their own thing. It's obviously shitty kung fu that nobody's mastered. <laughs> um, you know, I, I love the fact, one of the great things, and this, of course, is, is very similar to their taped shows. One of the things I love about it is, He's sitting there talking about, you know, the, the school where you can learn the Mangrovian techniques, and you can just hear the people in the, in the crowd going, where's the school? Where's the school? <laughs> because, of course, it's a oh made-up school. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We never considered this before, but we need broken Matt in NWA. 
Oh, I think he would be. He would Dude, fit with in the 100%. small studio audience and like the the yeah the studio feeling. It would the whole thing would fit the broken. It would fit perfect. I would love him there, and and his creativity could only help. Oh, he's got an old school wrestling mindset, you know. I think I want that more than anything else now for him. That's that's my new like shoot it into my bloodstream. So then we had uh, what should have been probably, in my opinion, the main event if you weren't going to have the women's championship, the main event. NWA versus Ring of Honor. It changed at the pay-per-view to actually be a title match. So the NWA World Heavyweight Championship was on the line. It originally wasn't, but it, they made it that way at the pay-per-view. But Nick Aldis still ended up defeating Flip Gordon in a really good match. I, I really enjoyed this. It was fun. Uh, Marty Skrull was banned from the building, so he wasn't allowed to be in there. He had made his presence known earlier. Of course, him and Nick Aldis have a feud going, so yeah, obviously that was kind of cool. Flip wasn't gonna win it because it's gotta it's gotta go to Skrull next. Right, right, and 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 by the way, uh, just a unless unless Aldis here. beats Skrull and runs him out of NWA and he goes, you know, AEW, right, be a good or too. you know, just stays with the Ring of Honor where he's already signed his contract to. Yeah, yeah. For three years <laughs> um but a, a side note that it has to do with this on the next episode of nwa power nick aldis said he will give marty Skrull a title match at their next pay-per-view at the crockett cup with the stipulation when marty Skrull loses he is going to refund the entire audience the money they paid to go there because they because they don't deserve to have to watch him wrestle which is wow. just super old school heat, awesome shit. I love, I love it. it. It's it's hokey, but and I love it. And when there's thirty people in the audience, it's not that hard to do. <laughs> right? He, he can just take it out of his wallet. <laughs> He's got it on him. I got this, son. I got this. <laughs> uh, but very very good match. That one went fifteen minutes twenty seconds. Again, they gave him time. They let him tell a story. It was fun. We had what was the main event, the finale for the television championship tournament. Ricky Starks defeated Trevor Murdoch. My boy went the distance, and I'm going to say this right now. If it wasn't for Ricky Starks, Fat Mac would not have won this pay-per-view because <laughs> we we tied everything, whether we won or lost, except for my, my three Ricky Starks wins. Those are my only wins that are ahead of you. You was five to eight. I was ahead nope. by three. They were all my Ricky Starks. Ricky Ricky took it for me, baby. My Way to go. backfired. Damn you, question mark. <laughs> you let me down. Um, so with that being said, um, best match of the night, I'm giving to the women's championship match. I loved it. Recommend anybody watch it. Nice. And final grade of the night, I'm giving it a C plus. It maybe could have been less, but it's hard to gauge an NWA pay-per-view right now. So, And C plus isn't great. Right. So I think I think it's a deserved C plus. I think yeah, it, it's, it's probably a good measuring that. stick going forward too. Right. Nice middle of the board score. Uh so I guess now it is time for that part of the week where we give you the news in your face. It's the Savage Sentinel, and this week it's super sized for the Super Bowl because it is Super Bowl weekend. And we're starting the Savage Sentinel off with some football news. George Kittle, San Francisco 49ers tight end, mm, 
who happens to be a huge pro wrestling fan, came under fire for a hand gesture he was performing at his first down celebration. Many noted the similarities to the white supremacist OK hand sign that has made disgusting rounds through elite colleague, elitist colleagues and bigoted police forces. Colleges? Colleges. There you go. Through elitist colleges and bigoted police forces and has become well-known around this country in recent years. Yet any wrestling fan could have explained what it really meant, so Stone Cold Kittle made the rounds on Super Bowl Media Row to explain the celebratory flange flashing. It's from Pentagon Jr. He's an AEW wrestler, Kittle said. Saramero means no fear. And so for two years ago in New Orleans, I went to WrestleMania and I watched him wrestle like six different times at a bunch of different shows. And just his swagger in the ring and his confidence kind of stuck with me. And I mean, wrestling, it's something that I love and enjoy too. So just seeing that in the ring and just know how he holds himself and how he enters the ring, how he leaves the ring, everything he does has a purpose. And I just kind of love that. Penta knew of this long ago and returned the favor last week, supporting the people's tight end by donning his jersey multiple in multiple tweets showing off his collection of championships and mascaras de luchas. So it's cool. It's cool to see. Not only is it always nice to see other media or other sports give some love to pro wrestling, but to throw it out to, to Pentagon Jr., who is starting to become a huge name in wrestling, but is still an unknown outside of the wrestling bubble. And I think this is Mm. a good example because people thought it's it's super awesome to see like that getting publicized. It's good for, good for uh, Penta. It's good for AEW. And it's awesome of George Kittle to do it, to just go out there and make the rounds and not only just say, no, it's a wrestling thing. It's so funny because back in the day, they used to say the two sweet was like a Satanist thing, you know? And so now, now, now Penta's thing is, is a racist, bigoted thing. And how long is it going to be till Daniel Bryan's yes is, like, controversial? <laughs> it's, right? a, it's a male chauvinist rapist kind of thing. It You're is. Forcing she didn't it on say them. yes. <laughs> can't just imply yes. You can't tell them yes. I'm trying to help you, motherfucker. God, she's my hero. I want her to – I just want her to – be a be a motivational speaker just in anything put down the hot dog i'm trying to help you motherfucker have you ever tried not being fat fucker take a walk personal training (laughs) i just love her she's she is uh uh with that being said um cyber agent inc God, that sounds like a new Dwayne Johnson movie I want to yeah, watch. Yeah. Well, it sounds like one that I, I won't watch. <laughs> he has a handful uh, of those. He does. Cyber Agent Inc., which is the parent company of Dramatic Dream Team Pro Wrestling, of course, in America made famous by Kenny Omega, announced the purchase of Pro Wrestling Noah, the company founded in 2000 by former All Japan Pro Wrestling star Mitsuharu Masawa, rest in peace, after he had led a mass exodus in which 24 of All Japan Pro Wrestling's 26 contracted wrestlers left the promotion to form NOAA. Holy fucking shit. Jesus, yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. They had you some, can't you know, build a company on two guys. 
they had some per date wrestlers. You can imagine if they're the contracted wrestlers, they're their bigger named ones, their better ones. So yeah, when you lose 99.3% of your company, um, wow. Anyways, jokes on them. All Japan's still around and Noah just got bought out. <laughs> That's sad. Anyways, WWE had also repeated, reportedly tried to purchase Noah recently. The move here, though, is to help protect the integrity of Japanese wrestling culture. This is similar to Bushi Road, which we had recently uh, broke news that the parent company of New Japan acquiring Stardom, which was another Japanese wrestling promotion and WWE had tried to buy in their efforts to make a push in the Japanese wrestling market. I think this is so awesome, Pasty, that the, the Japanese wrestling community is sticking together and putting their feet down and not letting WWE come in and just buy them out. It's good. We we they like did, it. They did put up a fight against Disney too and eventually caved in though. I'm just going to say that. That is true. Um, there will not be any major changes in the in-ring product, at least as of now, but there will be some changes moving forward. Specifically, Sanshiro Tagagi, president of DDP, will also now serve as the president of Pro Wrestling Noah. Takagi has said that there is no consideration of a merger between DDT and Noah, and also said that this move is a way to help repay Mitsuharu Misawa, who helped save DDP in the past. DDT. <laughs> Both he of saved them. Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> to he help taught save him yoga. <laughs> he helped save DDT in the past. Now, to be clear, Pasty or not well, Pasty does like to put a lot of extra research in, and so does Fat Mac. And we both looked into this, and I could not find anywhere where there was a connection with Mitsuharu Misawa and Noah. But obviously, I, I completely understand and agree and believe, or, or with DDT, I mean, sorry. Um, uh. that, that, that happened, I don't think he would just make this up. So that's cool. I just couldn't find anywhere what the specific was, because I was going to report on that. I like to let people know what's going on. Couldn't find anything on it. Uh, still, Mitsuharu Misawa... One of my all-time favorite pro wrestlers of all time, but definitely one of my top three Japanese wrestlers of all time. Yeah. Rest his soul, and he died in the ring doing what he loved. You know, and this got me thinking about um, uh, NXT and how they want to do this, this global expansion program. They've been trying to go into Australia and Japan, and they got UK, but now they've made NXT the third brand, and it's no longer developmental. Doesn't that automatically throw this plan in the garbage? Because if it's not developmental, you can't have just 20 brands all over the world that are main roster brands because apparently they're not developmental. It it really deludes your product for sure. Yeah, yeah. It really doesn't help. It's it's it like even right now with uh, NXT UK, it's like it, it, it's a painful position because the people on NXT are probably doing better than the people on NXT UK financially, even though it's still not much better than they were before. Yeah, I I honestly feel, and again, I I don't work for a major company, never have, and I don't know anything about the business end of anything, but I would think you're better off having these developmentals all around and just having NXT. Yeah, so you change know, the have, name of everything else or something. Yeah, or just be NXT Developmental UK, NXT Developmental Japan, NXT Developmental Mexico. So then they got to these get people called are, up to NXT to enter into the fray or whatever. Yep. Yeah. 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 I just think it's 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 funny that they would say it's the main roster now and then still try to set up shop in Japan. It's it it just tickles my brain in that way. 
Well, production has begun on a new movie about Joni China Lawler, <laughs> and, and it's not the, the kind of movie you're thinking. <laughs> okay, that's the good pre- to know. The press release claims this is the only official and authorized feature-length documentary on the former WWF women's champion and former WWF, WWF intercontinental champion. Authorized by her estate and her mother, Jan LeCue, LeCue had this to say, My daughter, Joni Lore, had a remarkable life. I am excited to partner with a production team who is passionate about telling her true life story, not just the parts that played out in the ring or the tabloids. To that end, I have selected a woman producer to work with who understands the public only knows a small bit of Joni's story. I want to restore her legacy. A legacy that has been char- tarnished by others. Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> Joni deserves this, and so do her true fans. There is no word yet on when the documentary will be released. So this documentary is going to be like the, uh, the, 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 the Queen movie, where they just kind of like wash out the parts that are ugly and they don't want to have it. I would assume for the most part, yes. <laughs> you know, which... Which also isn't a bad thing, as long as there's some of each. I want China's movie to pre- be produced by Michael Bay. Nobody wants it. <laughs> <laughs> Just explosions when they get to the sex tape scene. But <laughs> <laughs> well, this, I, I'm excited for this. This will be interesting. She had a very interesting life. The thing I've, I've always found the most fascinating with Joni from what I've ever seen is that her as a person was 180 degrees of oh, China. Yeah. China was the big, tough, no nonsense, hard ass. And she was just soft, take gentle, no bullshit. Confrontational. Yeah. Yeah. Very vulnerable, very weak, very weak. And, and yeah, so it's, and not in a negative way. She just was. No. So it's kind of, it's cool to, to get that out there and let I fans mean, see that. Paige was obviously there at one point in her career too. Yeah, for sure. So this is this is neat. This is fun, and uh, another little peek behind the scenes comes from Brock Lesnar and Matt Riddle, who were reportedly involved in a verbal backstage altercation before Sunday's pay per view. This, according to Pro Wrestling Sheet. Apparently, the two superstars passed each other while walking backstage, and a tense encounter came from it. Reports claim Riddle tried talking to Brock, but Brock told Riddle, Kid, you might as well stop saying my name and tagging me and shit, because you and I will never work together. Ever! (laughs) I hope he said it like that. Yeah. (laughs) Lesnar said what he had to say and kept things moving. You see, now, for those of you who don't know, Riddle has spoken out against Lesnar for several years, making it clear that he wants to be the one that eventually retires the Beast. And he has said things like, only one person can retire Brock Lesnar, only one person can end his career, and that person's going to be me. He has also said in another interview, I don't like how he does wrestling. I don't like the lack of respect that he shows, and I don't like the work rate that he puts out. That's just my personal opinion. It was also noted that the original bro was his usual cool and composed self during the altercation and that tensions never really got too high. And multiple sources are claiming that the encounter between Lesnar and Riddle was real and is not storyline. 
Allegedly, they both met for the very first time ever in Houston ahead of the Rumble. That's crazy, because if Matt Riddle probably would have kept his mouth shut, he probably wouldn't have came out the, the entrant after Lesnar was eliminated from the Rumble. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I and... if, I was, if I was the booker, R- Riddle definitely would have been in that front deck with Lesnar. And I read something which I, I didn't want to put in the news because I, I haven't seen it verified anywhere, but I've seen two places that reported that Matt Riddle's being in there for a short amount of time was because Brock Lesnar pushed for that and didn't want him to get much screen time. I don't know that I buy that at all. I could see it, but a lot of people were in that match for a very short amount of time. Yeah, exactly. 50% of them were. (laughs) More than 50%. Which was great for the pacing. I No complaints there, but... Yeah, for sure. uh, For sure. But it's a shame because, quite frankly, an actual worked pro wrestling match i would love to see between riddle and lesnar you know oh my gosh i hope i hope riddle doesn't talk himself out of the company you know what i mean like enzo did or like like a lot of superstars have done where their ego and they're they're still the green young guy who's supposed to be showing respect backstage and i would really like to see matt riddle mature in wwe i just don't know if that's possible I think Agreed. there needs to be a wrestling promotion for people like Enzo and Riddle and like, you know, because they're fun to watch. Just contain right. them in their own bubble. <laughs> yeah, you get, you get Riddle, you get Enzo, you get ADR. They can Miles. start their own company. Yeah. We like it. Yes, yes. I couldn't figure out who the fuck you were talking about, Miles, but you're talking about ACH. Yes. <laughs> it took me a second. I'm like, Miles, who the fuck is Miles? Okay, ACH, gotcha. <laughs> I never knew him by his name, no, Jordan Miles, until I, yeah. that T-shirt came out. And I was like, yeah. oh, fuck, that's what they called ACH? There's a lot of three-letter wrestlers that didn't want to fuck it up. <laughs> right. PCO. <laughs> HHH. HBK. <sighs> There's more. Van Hammer. That's only three letters. Yeah. Real name, Mark Hildreth. He was arrested for an incident in Boynton Beach, Florida Boynton. on Sunday. Boynton! That just sounds like something that, uh... If I go back into the that studio, Jerry that's going to be one of my track hypes now. Yeah, Boynton! Sounds like something Jerry Lewis used to say in his movies. <laughs> All waving, Boynton! All Aww. I wanted to do was work with Tim Boynton! <laughs> Okay. <laughs> According to TMZ, the reports note a former Ravens flock member hit a five-year-old boy with his car while driving drunk on Sunday. My question is, what was the boy doing out past curfew? Who said he was out past curfew? It was the uh, middle of the day. Driving drunk. <laughs> Usually, he <laughs> would say dark. I don't know. I don't got those problems, though. So. <laughs> Live above it, folks. Be like Boynton. Boynton. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Makes me think of the the idiocracy. Leave me alone, Beaton. <laughs> uh, 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 where am I? Boynton Beach police say Hammer was re- driving 58 miles per hour in a 35 mile per hour zone and was drunk when he hit the young boy who was riding on a bike with training wheels. The boy reportedly flew on top of the hood of Hammer's car and suffered possible internal injuries. He remains in stable condition at a local hospital. 
an industrial door installer who lives nearby, told the Times News he was driving with a friend Sunday when he saw the car strike the child. The father picked the son off the road. The kid was crying. The dad was crying. The guy was out of the car, the man said. I'm looking at the guy. He's getting back in the car. We're yelling at him. Don't you leave. Don't you leave. Oh, such heroes. I know. They followed Hildreth after he left the scene of the crash, taking photos and following him home. Hildreth was taken into custody after being found sitting on his front steps. The man who once won the WCW arm wrestling tournament. Such a prestigious (laughs) event. He fell so far. (laughs) Well, he appeared in handcuffs before a judge Monday and was officially charged with first-degree felony hit-and-run and and DUI. It was pointed out that Hammer had two previous DUI arrests on his record. The bail was set at $125,000 with an option for house arrest, and he was ordered to stay away from drugs, alcohol, and weapons. And probably the car. Probably the kid, too. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, this is... Van Hammer was just a, a sad story from the beginning. He had the look. He had he had everything but it, you know. He could have mm. been a huge star. And in early 90s, WCW Chris was Jericho pushing... Chris could have given him it. He, he could have. But they were really pushing Van Hammer in early 90s. In fact, they, they wanted to push him in a... Uh, feud with Hogan and, and really get him over, but he just was always missing something. And uh, he didn't miss the kid, though. Nailed him. This is sad. Very sad. And the kid wasn't it, Van Hammer. No. But, to bring ourselves up from this negativity, we got a bit of positive news, Pasty, and that comes from People.com, who have announced Nikki Bella and Brie Bella are both pregnant and are each due only a week and a half apart. And it's twins on both ends. (laughs) It could be. (laughs) Nikki got engaged to her former Dancing with the Stars partner, Artem Chigvintsev. Don't know. Uh, That that happened last November. After after being with a guy like John Cena, the the name had to be uh, very different. (laughs) Right. Uh, they got married last November, and this will be her first child. And as for Brie, I think most of us know this is her second child with husband Daniel Bryan. Brie said of the timing, wait, twins being pregnant at the same time? People are going to think it's a joke. We were both shocked. People are going to think we planned it, but you can't really plan pregnancy. Yes, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Well, I, I don't know how you could. If well, anybody would I do it, the Bellas got, would do it for TV I guess you ratings. could if you got injected, yeah, <laughs> artificial. <laughs> um, Nikki added, it was a total surprise. It even took me a good week to come to terms with it. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm pregnant. I am not ready for it. Watch next week. John Cena hangs himself. <laughs> mm, I'll be sad reporting that one. I'll tell you what, though, it's going to be a lot of people talking if the, the baby comes out and nobody can see it. I know, right after, right after the news had come out that they got engaged, John Cena made sure to bring his new lady friend out on the town for pictures with the TMZs and stuff. Yeah, you might as well. Yeah. I still think Cena's winning on this one. I do find it one, funny. But... Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. But I do find it funny if Cena is, like, jealous and, like, envious. It's 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 kind of a funny full circle. Right. 
Right, well, those, you know, relationships, they come and they go, pasty. Yes, they do, as do many things. And we have many things to talk about here. The biggest news of the week, of course, is a major corporate shakeup is happening behind the scenes at WWE. With co-presidents George Barrios and Michelle Wilson leaving the company, my favorite tennis player. No. Oh, we love her. <laughs> Neither will serve on the board of directors either going forward. Frank A. Riddick III, who has been on WWE's board of 11 years following in the footsteps of his pappy and his pappy's pappy, has been named the interim chief financial officer with the company searches for a permanent CFO and chief revenue officer. What? Riddick will report directly to WWE chairman and CEO Vince McMahon. And thusly, we begin the chronicles of Riddick. I love it. You you stole my joke, but go for it. <laughs> I wanted to pull out a WWE Chronicles joke, but you got it already. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good that we're both on the same page, but we didn't discuss it ahead of time. I love it. <laughs> got to write the jokes in if you want to hit them. I know. <laughs> Barrios was hired in March 2008 as WWE CFO. Wilson was hired in February 2009 as Executive Vice President of Marketing. Both worked their way up through the company and had their roles in the launch and development of the WWE Network. This is very shocking, as until yesterday, should something catastrophic happen to Vince McMahon where he could not run WWE, Wilson and Barrios would have been next in line from a corporate perspective. They were the number two and three most important employees of the company, right under Vince. Even above Stephen Hunter. Of course. Even more shocking is the fact that there was no build-up to them leaving. As far as we know, these two were part of the WWE team who were in the room when the company struck their milestone Fox TV deal. Something Vince McMahon wasn't even present for. And given that the news wasn't held off until the weekend when most companies drop negative news, hoping it's forgotten by the time the work week begins and was announced out of nowhere, could be an indication that something happened that led to an immediate departure. WWE stock took a nosedive of over 27% with its stock opening today at $45. Its lowest number in 18 months. So buy now, folks! Buy, buy, buy! <clears throat> that shit was just over $103 like six months ago. And it will be again. It will. That's why I'm saying buy now. I would. Yeah. The timing of the shakeup is interesting as well. WWE will report its fourth quarter and 2019 financial results next Thursday. So it would appear McMahon wasn't happy with how things were heading for the company and that he felt it was time for a change. There's a very small circle who know exactly what went down, and chances are that a full view of how it or transpired won't be known for a long time, if ever, with what corporate non-disclosures and severance packages factored in. But we can speculate, folks. And we do. PW Insider was informed that an internal memo released to employees alluded to irreconcilable differences in the company's strategic priorities. Within WWE, the reaction amongst employees is said to be that of complete shock. One WWE employee speaking under condition of anonymity. Yes, a sea anemone stated <laughs> that when the news was announced, all work ground to a halt as everyone was stunned by the news. 
Another staff member claimed it was the most shocking day they could remember since that horrible day in 2007 we talked about at the top of the show. No. No? No, that was a day when WWE fired 10% of its workforce due to poor numbers. That was also in 2007. Correct. Well, usually when we talk about that horrible day in 2007, it's that one thing. <laughs> that was shocking also. <laughs> a lot happened in 2007 for WWE. It was not see, a good year. It's good to see where their minds are at corporate, the things that really matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> 10%. More important than that man's family. Mm. Mm. Ah. There was a lot of feelings of what happens now with projects and strategies that were already underway, including the continually pushed back tiered versions of the WWE Network, which was a Barrios project. Vince released a public statement reading, I would like to thank George and Michelle for their 10 plus years of service. He didn't even state how many years because he couldn't be bothered to. His he didn't right know. left hand men. <laughs> he was like, ah, they were around for about a decade, I'm sure. They had vanilla titties. <laughs> <laughs> and contributions to the organization. I'm grateful for all that was accomplished during their tenure, but the board and I decided a change was necessary as we have different views on how best to achieve our strategic priorities moving forward. Folks, get ready for that. Uh, Woo. just Vince sitting at the top making all the decisions that's going to be good <laughs> right. not to mention XFL starts next week Oh, Woo. it's a busy time for old Vincent Kennedy he goes on we have a deep team of talented experienced and committed executives across the organization and the board and I have great confidence in our collective abilities to create compelling content engage our global fan base across platforms increase revenues and drive shareholder value. We're moving the whole brand to Saudi Arabia, folks. Yes, I could see that <laughs> happening, too. That's how sad it is. Uh, this is huge, huge, huge news, and I don't even I don't even know where to speculate. This is very backstage, very corporate stuff that it's, it's really hard to say. And just a little bit, we know about Vince. For all you know, he could have just not eating lunch that yeah. day and gotten cranky and just been like, fuck it, get them out of here. I'm You're sick of them. They've been, fire. they've been here 10 plus years, isn't it? That's enough. <laughs> but um, it, it is interesting that both George and Michelle had a lot to do with the Fox, uh, the Fox merger and the WWE Network launch. Those two things were their biggest contributions, but again, those are two of the biggest things in the company. So yeah. they don't necess that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with them being fired. Those are just the two biggest things associated. Who knows? It's uh, it's definitely bizarre. And like I said, with the XFL starting up, Vince's attention is going to be entirely elsewhere. So it's going to be weird for a while. What if like Monday they announced XFL? co-executive presidents George Barrios and Michelle Wilson. <laughs> and then the shareholders have even more to sue him about. Right? Well, and I, mean, I feel like this plays into that too. Like they were willing to, you know, like like testify against him or whatever in the, yeah. in the you know, and then he's like, nope, you're out. And there's, there's NDAs now, so you can't testify. 
You know, that 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 seems like Vince moves. Oh, for sure. For 100% for sure. Yeah. It's, and, um, and in that light, it, it mirrors what's going on in the political world here in America, too. And to me, that no shit. Vince and Trump lining up like that, it's it's perfect to me in my brain. So, yeah, I would honestly assume that within the next year, this this isn't going to make a big splash on anything we as fans notice. Um, I you would hope it doesn't, unless it would be for a positive turn. But I don't know. You, you know, usually the, the, the little bit you read too is Barrios and Wilson had nothing to do with what you see on TV. Nothing to do with creative, correct. Yeah. It was all business stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and I know Michelle Wilson I never heard a lot about. When you hear about George Barrios, I usually heard positive things about it. But And a lot of the speculation is Vince just possibly can them due to the quarterly reports coming up and then he can just use them as an excuse. Yeah, the, as the he does well, what's going to go forward as people. known as the uh, Eric Bischoff role. Yes. That's going to go forward known as that, you know, whenever they just fire somebody as a, as a scapegoat, there's no longer a scapegoat. It's the, I bet, the, I bet Triple H is sweating goat. right now, huh? <laughs> like, Dude. oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's call he's calling up his boys in AEW. Oh, you guys, uh, just, uh, just wondering how things are doing down there. I can get a bunch just of these NXT guys you. to jump ship. <laughs> Give me a good deal. Make me an EVP. Oh. <laughs> Somebody who didn't choose to go to AEW and did choose WWE Pacey is Edge. Mm-hmm. Yes, Adam Coppola returned to in-ring action after almost a decade at the Royal Rumble on Sunday, if you hadn't already heard by now, which I'm assuming everybody has heard. Man, he... it's a good thing he didn't cry during his entrance because I probably would have too. He was almost <laughs> there, and I was like, oh, fuck, here we go, man. <laughs> yeah, And the I... theme song, his theme song is never made more sense than it did at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um, He, like Brian Danielson before him, is actually giving hope to many athletes out there suffering and or recovering from CTE, including Paige, who wrote a a sweet little deal on social media. Vince McMahon reportedly told him, though, that he would be returning in WWE in the ring if he was going to come back at all. There was no, like, come back to... To have fun, you come in here and fucking wrestle, or you ain't allowed in there. And then I he had to like get cleared by a WWE of the Edge doctor. Christian show of Reeks of Awesomeness. <laughs> yeah, so when he did get uh, cleared by a doctor, they sent a ring to North Carolina so Edge could train. That's pretty awesome. Hell yeah! <clears throat> WrestleVotes is reporting the rated R superstar signed a three-year contract for reportedly three million per year, as long as he does a minimum of three matches every year. It's a lot of threes in there. It's the, it's the rule of three. Um, he also has to perform 25 appearances. He's allegedly committed to five matches this year already, with the first one being his 2020 Royal Rumble appearance and another at WrestleMania against his former rated RKO partner, Randy Orton. And he will be used as a special attraction moving forward as opposed to a full-time competitor such as the aforementioned uh, Daniel Bryan. Oh, yeah, but you can expect we're going to see him pretty heavy through Mania. One thing I want to point out, which to me was really just shitty, whether this is on Edge's part or WWE's part or whatever, it would have been so cool if he would have been a surprise. Yeah, if we hadn't uh, reported this like three months ago. Yeah, and the whole weekend leading up to it, he was 
posting himself in the mm-hmm. hotel room at there. He he posted a, a picture of him uh, unpacking his ring gear at yeah. the hotel right next to the to the damn stadium. It was like I mean we knew. I didn't watch it on Sunday. I watched it a couple days later. But on Monday at work, one of my coworkers was like, "Did you watch the Rumble?" And I was like, "No, nah, not yet. I'm I'm thinking about it, waiting to to see what I hear about it." And he said, "Well, did you hear about the big return?" I was like, "Are you talking about Edge, or did somebody like surprise return?" Yeah, like, MVP. No, <laughs> he was like, "Edge? No, I'm talking about Edge." I was like, "Oh yeah, I already knew he was." Oh, I didn't know it was announced. I was like, "Well, Listen I guess it podcast. wasn't announced, but it you was." Didn't, you didn't know three months ago, that <laughs> yeah, this was happening. Exactly. <sighs> Uh, but it's great to see him back. It's great to see that he's I coming feel back bad, for a little bit I feel bit like longer. one of the bad guys because we're we're like part of the ones that that ruin the surprise, ruin it for your childhood. Yeah. But he did it himself. You don't post fucking <laughs> pictures of yourself dressed. You don't post pictures. You don't post a video of yourself in the rumble no. ahead of the rumble happening. If, you, if and you're expect gonna, if you're gonna, gonna post you're gonna anything, you gotta post stuff like you're there to support your wife, who's in the women's Royal Rumble match. Right, you know, or like, post a picture would... of you. You know, taken in front of the Space Needle in Seattle that you took like two months ago, but act like you're actually there. Like, hey, I'm going to be watching my wife on, on TV at the Rumble in the Space Needle. Have fun from here in Seattle. You know, just really throw people off. But but it's awesome. Edge. Best feel-good uh, moment in a very, Edge. very, very long time. Yep. He's one of the few people I, I wanted to see return, and I think he has a lot left in him yet. So this is cool. It also reminded me, though, how sad Christian's retirement has been to where not only did Edge retire, get a big retirement send-off, and now get a huge return, <laughs> Christian hasn't gotten shit. In nope, nope. his <laughs> last run, hard, he was a whiny guy. Such a hardworking, one more amazing shot. athlete. Give me one more shot, man. <laughs> I can um, do it if you give me one more shot. No. Arguably better on the the mic and with more charisma than Edge. I would say Edge is better in the ring, but he's definitely Captain Charisma. You know, he's got everything you could want. If he hadn't, <laughs> uh, let me put it this way: if Christian hadn't have broken in with Edge, he would be a huge star right now. I I would pick Edge over Christian any day, but that's just in ring. But if you ever listen to either one talk or or you know watched them, Christian has the you, charisma. You, he has the crowd really in his hands. Rated RKO or rated R superstar era. Oh yeah, yeah, he did with the whole uh, live sex scene and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But that was Christian all. That was all. Matt that off. Hardy. That would have been a comedy gimmick. No, that was all Matt Hardy though. <laughs> that had nothing to do with Edge. Matt Hardy was the, the big seller of that. I just. I love Edge. I have nothing against him. I still, to this day, say Undertaker's greatest WrestleMania match was against Edge. I still have a That's feeling, though, that uh, Edge and, and, and The Fiend are going to cross paths, and then Edge is going to come back two weeks later with Christian and Gangrel. So. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think Gangrel... Maybe a one-off. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't have to be much, but I, I see something. At least Christian comes back. But I wanted to toss the Gangrel in as a... Because it would make sense for him to go that far back. Yeah. 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 But I definitely think he's going to tussle with the Fiend and Christian and Edge are going to be doing poses in the ring again. Tussle with the Fiend. Mm-hmm. Andrade was suspended for his first WWE wellness policy violation, according to Pro Wrestling Sheet. Andrade was confirmed of the 30-day suspension on Monday morning. There was no word yet on what the substance he tested positive for. 
But the WWE already wrote Cien out of the storylines at his post-match angle on Raw as Carrillo dropped him on exposed concrete with his own hammerlock DDT. Andrade took to Instagram on Wednesday saying, never quit because things get tough. Remember where you come from and where you're going. Rehab! Yeah, the drug dealer's house and rehab. <laughs> Andrade wrote, including similar... What? Andrade wrote, including similar comments in Spanish that ended the message with three fist emojis as he was fisting Charlotte. While exactly. Woo! That's where the drugs came from. Flair's Woo! medicine cabinet. I, th- I thought you meant from Charlotte too, huh? <laughs> she was, she was well, muling that's, them that's in. That's how Flair gets them back into the <laughs> yeah, house. Muling them in through Charlotte. <laughs> Why do you think she's got no hips? They've collapsed from years of doing this. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I thought she got a boob do- job. She's just moving product. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrade, that's, that's it. Flair hooked Charlotte and Andrade up. To get the the product direct from the source, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Flair and Andrade. Remember where you came from and where you're going. He said. (laughs) Hashtag El Chapo. (laughs) It's good stuff. I love how we just joke at this man's downfall and and demons. Uh, I really hope the best. I love Andrade as a wrestler and. uh, he's fine. He's he's fucking Charlotte Flair. Nothing's happening. Yeah, yeah. This. He's that's that's where I I, I don't he's feel bad trying. making fun of the no. situation at all. Like you're set, Flair. If Ric Flair likes you, I think you're pretty good. And again, we don't know. He could have just been like taking anabolic steroids or HGH Besides, or something. Also, you, you know, just you know, to bulk you know up. who Charlotte Flair's brother-in-law is. If anything really goes south in WWE, they can all just swing on over to AEW. It would be the easiest transition in history. I guarantee it. Right? Either that or you could just get a desk job at SaveWithConrad.com. Are you sick of your mortgage payment? You got too high. <laughs> you got too high of an interest rate. Just come on down and save with CN. <laughs> Man, I don't want to do ads for other people. But what I want to do ads for is Omaha Steaks. <laughs> Put a little sizzle on it, baby. It's so good. Don't oh. you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love how I love how I love how Conrad had his own mortgage company with First Family Mortgage, and then he started he started doing this fun little. Basically, it was it was kind of like a. Uh, um, a hobby with Bruce Pritchard that turned into making money. And uh, Bruce at the time was poor. Nobody was, was giving him any money. He wasn't working he's, for any wrestling company. Like, yeah. So he's like, Hey, I got a mortgage company. You got to name people. No, let's just, let's just make a website. Save with Bruce.com. It'll forward to first family mortgage. And I give you 10% from everything that comes through that that website they're like cool let's do it we'll put it on every podcast so then they had to save with bruce.com and then after that i think tony shivani got in and it was save with tony and now conrad's a big enough name that he has save with conrad.com that <laughs> takes you to his own mortgage company first family mortgage like this motherfucker uses his own name to get you to his business he is bigger than his business right now 
<laughs> Son of a bitch. He just he copyrighted the name of the company in a rush and decided he hated it two weeks later. <laughs> right. Fuck, what am I gonna do now? Oh, I just love that. I love that his name is bigger than his company, so he can now use his name to get people to his company. That's good shit. It's like a celebrity endorsing a company, but it's the company that made him <laughs> that gave him his money. <laughs> Oh, it's obvious not many people use first family mortgage. <laughs> I don't know, man. That guy, uh, I, I'm not sure if there's an inside joke somewhere or not, but if you listen to any of the podcasts of all the people that go to his house, apparently he's got like two elevators and he's got like just a huge mansion of a house. He's, he's making money off that mortgage company, buddy. That ain't fucking podcast money. If it was, the wrestling guys who are also podcasting would have those kind of houses. Yeah. yeah. He's making more and bank we'd have, than we'd uh, have some rest- kind of houses. <laughs> right? <laughs> we'd at least have steps to our house instead of having to fucking take that big jump. I'm coming at you live <laughs> from the alleyway on 3rd Street in a cardboard box this week, folks. So head on I'm over doing- to patreon.com slash Style. I'm doing a podcast in a van down by the river. (laughs) Oh, talking about a van down by the river, Pacey. WWE Hall of Famer Booker (laughs) T is returning to the ring, but not for WWE. Say it isn't so. He's going to AEW, folks. No, Booker will be bringing back his old GI Bro gimmick from WCW for the upcoming Reality of Wrestling Battle Lines Drawn event on February 8th. Was his brother around and then? And then. And then, yeah, at that point. With the GI Bro gimmick? Yeah. That was a solo gimmick. He was with the um He was with the Misfits in Action, the MIA. With okay. Remember Huge G Rection and Major Guns and Corporal Cajun yeah, and Lieutenant yeah. Loco. It was all just stereotypical shit. <laughs> it was bad, but you know, it was bad. Anyways, that Riddle needs a GI bro gimmick. <laughs> reality of uh, reality of wrestling, boy. Booker T really stepped on that when it was in the Rumble. The original bro is going toe to toe. Oh, now he ain't the original bro now. <laughs> like, I'm bringing back GI GI bro character pretty soon. Don't be calling him bro. You gotta be careful stepping on Matt Riddle's feet. He refuses to wear shoes, guy. Exactly. <laughs> uh, reality of wrestling is the indie promotion that Booker T actually owns. ROW has announced that Booker T will be the team captain for the ROW team, leading Brian Keith, Zach Manson, and Warren Johnson into battle against Ryan Davidson and the Renegades in an eight-man tag team match. The promotional material for the event includes a quote from G.I. Bro stating, The battle lines have been drawn, and it's time to go to war. Now can you dig that, sucker? I can dig it. I'm, I'm I'm excited to see Booker T wrestle again. It's good good times. My I just noticed my Booker T impression is also my uh, Eddie Murphy impression. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. close to your Mister T too. A penny to fool. A penny to fool. Leave it to Fat Mac. They all sound the same. Hey now. <laughs> <laughs> For once, it's not the white guy. A pity the fool who married a woman who go around saying, a goonie goo goo. I know what a goonie goo goo is. Now, can you dig that, sucker? 
yeah, they're really similar. A little different. You got to have a little nuance uh, in there. You change the pitch. You move the tone a little bit. Yes. Did you watch that new Eddie Murphy movie on Netflix? Dolomite is my name. Yes, oh, I've so watched good. it twice now. It's it is so amazing. Good. So good. Just it's amazing. And I, I've been a big fan of uh, uh, Rudy Roy Moore for a long time. Yeah. And it's cool that he's actually getting some appreciation because I, I think the uh, I, the original My Name Is Dolom or the original Dolomite movie is on uh, Amazon Prime or something. I saw it somewhere this week. Is it? Yeah. I love I love Dolomite. I was surprised how many people have no idea what that is. Right. <clears throat> I was well, telling people it's a good thing that Eddie Murphy did it because it was at a time where yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, I've, I've, I knew people wouldn't know who Rudy Ray Moore is, so uh. I, usually I didn't say it, but I was like, you know, Dolomite, the you know the the character, the movie, the the comedy albums, and I've never heard of Dolomite. I was like, you know, the big black exploitation film, you know, oh, I never heard of him. So he's kind of like Shaft and Superfly and Foxy Brown, and they're yeah. like, I know Shaft. Oh my god. <laughs> I love that a What's Dolomite it? movie came out at the same time a Shaft movie came out too. That's kind of and it's and it's better than the yeah. Shaft oh, movie. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's just good to have Eddie Murphy back all around. His his little thing or his episode he did at SNL was fantastic. It was this good. Was way was off good. a topic. I don't know how we got here. Uh, I don't know either. But I do know former WWF announcer Sean Mooney has joined up with the National Wrestling Alliance. Debuting for WWF back in 1988, the year your boy Pasty came out of the womb, Mooney worked for the company as a commentator, backstage interviewer, and host on various shows in their famous Coliseum video releases until 1993, the year my brother was born. Wowza. He made sporadic appearances for WWE in recent years, appearing on the thousandth episode of Raw in 2012, showing up for the Edge and Christian show that totally reeks of awesomeness, as mentioned earlier in this very podcast. Uh, Sean commented on Twitter, proud to join such an incredible team. Mooney is back. Yes. I think this is a perfect fit because Sean Mooney, for those of us, who watched a lot of the 80s and early 90s oh, wrestling, or especially the Coliseum videos that I love so much. Sean Mooney is just, he's a, a name and a face and a voice that you immediately, it brings you back. It's a part of your childhood. It's a part of your nostalgia. So NWA is the perfect place for him. I mean, they're banking. They're going all in on nostalgia. Oh, yeah. Why not have him? He was definitely not a Southern guy. Uh, he was always a New York guy, so it's not like he has NWA Southern roots, but he's old school, and that works for them. So is he going to be commentating? It doesn't say for sure, but I, I would assume he's at least going to be an interviewer. He, that's what he was best at. Um, he was never really a – I don't remember him much as a commentator. He might have been on a few of the C shows and stuff. I kind of wish I could go back and jump to another universe where Cornette didn't fuck shit but, up. Hearing those oh, for sure. Together would be that really would be good. fun. But I'd love him as an interviewer and, and stuff like that because he was great, especially on the Coliseum videos. I mean, he was just – him and Mean Gene are what I think of when yep. I think of Coliseum videos. Yeah. I don't think of any wrestler. Those are – you know, those two guys are what makes me think of Coliseum video releases, so – it's good stuff. He's definitely a hero. He's definitely not a villain. But there's a villain coming up. Ring of Honor's Marty Skrull, 
who has also been making appearances in NWA, including at Hard Times Times, also appeared for New Japan this week at New Japan Pro Wrestling's New Beginning USA event in Durham, North Carolina. Woo! Villain Enterprise's leader hasn't been in a New Japan wrestling ring for seven months, pasty. Not since he competed in the Best of Super Juniors tournament. Skrull did appear, though, and he grabbed the mic and laid out a huge challenge to Bullet Club leader Switchblade Jay White to a matchup at Ring of Honor's upcoming Super Card of Honor event, that's which takes be- place on April 4th. And that's going to be a good one. We're watching that one. God, isn't that WrestleMania weekend? Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on in April oh, right now. Uh, that's let- not WrestleMania. That's not WrestleMania weekend. Okay. But, there, but I, I don't think any major shows are going on oh, in WrestleMania weekend. Yes. WrestleMania weekend. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, the villain, though, also promised fans that the appearance wouldn't be the last time the villain would grace a New Japan Pro Wrestling ring in 2020. So not only is there going to be a match uh, against Jay White, it looks like things are happening with the villain. So good for him. I like that. The man is all over the place except for where most of his fans want him to be. <laughs> WWE. It's sad. It's sad. Uh, well jay and mark briscoe will continue to call ring of honor their home to pace these demise in a tweet the brothers shared their previous deals with the company had come to an end and confirmed they're not going anywhere 12 is next said mark referring to them being 11 time ring of honor tag team champions we them boys what the hell we look like with these lack of teeth trying to win someone else's damn tag team titles? Well, them boys, we resign with Ring of Honor. We ain't going no damn where. Did I do that pretty okay? I kind of felt like I did that all right almost. You did that. You did that really good. I felt like we were on a chicken farm <laughs> back in Delaware. I felt like we were on a Delaware chicken farm. <laughs> You know, I never really knew that there were big chicken farms in Delaware until I knew about uh, the Briscoe Boys. Like, I don't think of I don't think of Delaware and farms in general. I don't they think of Delaware. They didn't have chicken farms in Delaware until the Briscoes came around. They put that shit on the map, <laughs> just like they Damn put right. tag team wrestling on their map. Um, Jay and Mark Briscoe. I guess you with, know, uh, with Skrull being in power at Ring of Honor is probably a good call to stay with the company. Well, and we've it's kind of be gone an back and ride forth. We've gone back and forth about these guys, but I think these are going to be diehards. I think they're retiring yeah. in Ring of Honor. I think that they could possibly is. they could possibly be used great in AEW. They might not. Uh, they wouldn't be used great in WWE. Impact, you don't know. I mean, they know what they're getting in Ring of Honor, and they're not comfortable WWE, there. Not WWE, but NXT. Boy. And, but, Boy. That'd be good. But the other big thing that they've mentioned for years, almost every time that contracts come up, is what I was just talking about. They they run their own chicken farm business, and they have to be able to tend to that. That's their money right there. So Ring of Honor has always been willing to work around their chicken schedule. I don't think AEW would. I don't think WWE or NXT would. Um, Impact maybe would. NWA maybe would. But our NWA and Impact chicken farm make- and just make them bring chickens to the ring with them. Like that's their new gimmick. I don't think that's happening. They don't want their chickens in the wrestling business. It's an ugly business. They want more for their chickens than they had growing up. Hasty. 
I, I don't. I, I think it's great. I think that Ring of Honor would finally have somebody that's theirs. You know, years and years ago, if you'd have said, you know, is Ring of Honor going to have somebody? I'd say it was Brian Danielson. I'd yeah. say that he was going to be a lifer, and that didn't last long. Mm-mm. And I don't know who else I would have said after that, other than. Uh, Maybe maybe Roderick Strong, who again left. So I, I think the Briscoes are their last like lifers, and I think that I think it's good. I think everybody enjoys it, including the fans. Yeah. So. Yep. And like, like I said, it. it's going to be an interesting ride going forward. And I think Ring of Honor would be hurting if they didn't have the Briscoes there for it. And... For sure. It definitely gives them legitimacy, and I'm ready to see them get their. Uh, their 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 egg carton of of championship titles for tag team, you know, because you get you get a dozen in an egg carton. I like that. You can, <laughs> I made that up and it sounded shitty, but it was all me, baby. <laughs> it was all me. Ah, pasty, we're we're crossing we're crossing the old Atlantic here from Delaware over to the United Kingdom because five new superstars, pretty deadly. Levi Muir, Candy Floss, and Danny Luna. That's the only good name out of the bunch. Which one? Danny Luna? Yeah. Oh, I love Candy Floss. Uh, What about Pretty Deadly? What uh, about Levi Muir? uh, I think they're all great. They've all joined NXT UK also and will be training at (laughs) WWE's United Kingdom Performance Center in North London soon. It's the WWE UK PC. So to break this down for you, Pretty Deadly is the tag team of Sam Stoker and Lewis Howley. They have impressed in recent showings on NXT UK television, taking on the likes of The Hunt, as well as Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan. Then we have the sugary sweet 20-year-old grappler Candy Floss, who has experience across Europe and in Japan. In her previous turns on NXT UK, the pink-haired superstar has battled competitors like Rhea Ripley, Kaylee Ray, and Tony Storm. Levi Muir is a British powerlifting champion turned wrestler with plenty of in-ring experience in the United Kingdom, including promotions like Progress. And another Progress standout, Danny Luna, comes to NXT UK with several years of in-ring experience and has crossed paths with the likes of Ripley, Tony Storm, Nina Samuels, Piper Niven, and Mako Satamura. So it'll be interesting to see what these five do. I am I gotta be upfront as upfront and honest. I have not watched any NXT UK at all ever since its incarnation. Not that I have anything against it. There's just too much wrestling to watch that I can't specifically tune in for them. I just can't do it. Yeah. Oh, and finally, if you couldn't get enough the great Kali, a trio of recruits from India, including a couple seven-footers, have reported to the WWE Performance Center in Orlando this week. Oh, man, a stable of Kali. That would be fantastic. Yeah, we we want that, don't we? Call him the three-man bland. (laughs) I like it. Which... Sadly, I guess the old uh, old Drew McIntyre said great or uh, Ginger Mahal is coming back. Good. <sighs> Good. Dude, Go ahead. Ah, his run was better than a lot of runs in recent times. That's all I'm saying. Well, you know what? When when your appearance in wrestling is better than the runs, all that's saying is you're better than shit. 
So, okay, we'll give him that. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And I mean, Jinder Mahal was a champion. Drew, Drew's getting his shot. Now I can't wait. I can't wait for Heath Slater to finally he, get his opportunity. Is he still contracted or is he free oh, yeah, yet? Yeah, he is. He's a lifer, is man. He? he gets money to do nothing. You he can't blame him. him. You just can't blame the man. <laughs> He's got kids. He wants to stay away from them. <laughs> what was it that, um, I was just talking to a coworker of mine about this. What was it that Rhino used to always eat while they had their interviews when they were a tag team? God, was it cake? I don't think it was cake. Oreos? It might have been Oreos. Oreos is what struck my brain first, but I'm like, I don't want to be that on the nose because it seems weird. It might have been Oreos. <laughs> I just I just remember that Rhino just always sat, didn't say anything, just sat there and ate something. I don't remember what it was while Heath Slater went off on his rant about, I have kids and putting in a swimming pool and stuff. We liked it. But it would be great because then he, if Slater gets his chance, then, then they can reform the faction and all be like accomplished superstars and go back to jobbing. <laughs> but no. these superstars, as I have been talking about, this army of Kali have reported to the WWE Performance Center in Orlando this week at seven feet tall, 310 pounds. Gurvinder Singh of J- Jagadari is an experienced cricketer and actor that trained for wrestling under awkward tutelage of the not so great Kali. <laughs> Suck wiener gruel. I love, I love the suck wiener. <laughs> we like suck wiener gruel. I, I want him as my champion. <laughs> can, you, can you picture it on the marquee? Yes, I can. Brock Lesnar versus suck wiener gruel. Bucket. <laughs> but, but Vince, but Vince, I really don't think we should put suck wiener gruel as our champion. George Barrios. You're fired! <laughs> oh, I'm dying. Oh. <laughs> I'd love if that's why George Barrios was fired. <laughs> he didn't want suck winder, suck wiener gruel. <laughs> oh, it's fun stuff. Woo! <laughs> uh, oh. Composure. <laughs> I gotta say his name again, though. That's you problem. do. I love it. <laughs> uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know if I can do this. Suckwinder Gruel is another Titanic trainee of the talentless Kali, standing <laughs> seven foot two and weighing in at three hundred and forty pounds. The twenty-four-year-old played basketball before setting his sights on the ring. Dun, dun, dun. <sighs> This name is almost just as funny, but for stupid reasons. 25-year-old Laxmi Kant Rajput comes to the PC from Banda and has athletic experience in javelin throwing in Taekwondo. Javelin throwing will do him such good in the ring. Oh, awesome. I was really hoping you were going to pronounce it Laxmi Kunt. Laxmi Kunt Rajput. Laxmi Kunt Rajput. Can we have throw, more of these guys come? I throw javelin. <laughs> My name is Laxmi Kunt. I throw javelin. 
I made him Irish for some reason or Scottish. Almost, almost My name's Laxmi Contlad. I throw the javelin. <laughs> I come from the great land of India. <laughs> Along with my friend old Suckwinder Gruel over there, yeah. <laughs> Met him Suck on the golf Winder course. Suckwinder Gruel for president. <laughs> 2020, baby. Uh, oh, man. Whew, that was I think good we times. Gotta... <laughs> that, that small little news snippet took way longer than I thought it was going to take. You didn't think that was going to be gold when you wrote it? No. Well, you know, you don't hear it in your head when you're writing it. <laughs> I mean, like, I was proud of myself for the little nicknames that I gave Kali. But that that had nothing to do with what was funny. <laughs> Not a damn bit. I, I could have just kept the great Kali in every one of them. It would have been the same. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was, I, to be honest, I was super happy of another Titanic trainee of the talentless Kali. Like, I was proud of that. Good. Fucking, but, good. All, but as soon as what? you said stuck wiener gruel, that sucked all the shit out of the Titanic. Had nothing there. It was good. I can't follow that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You just, you really can't. I, and I can't follow it with these news stories, so we're just going to just move on like nothing happened. <laughs> Folks, time for the injury report, the one we never want to talk about. And here we're we got make old. Sure uh... to keep you guys updated on these guys' progress at the <laughs> Performance Center, I promise you. I promise. And we got an update on old Brett Hartmaid. <laughs> Or Bret Hart, as he's known to his fans. Bret Hart made a health update on Instagram Thursday. Yes, folks, the best there is, the best there was, with the worst luck there has ever been, wrote, Goal for 2020 and beyond, wear more sunscreen. Basil cell carcinoma, I think I said that right, removal scheduled soon. Another opportunity... To remind everyone to look after your health and hashtag get checked. So, Pasty, I did do a little research on this one, and according to skincancer.org, BCC, as it's known. Browser right off the bat. Yeah. got to be a thing. (laughs) Or I just did a Google search, and that's the one that popped up, and it looked legitimate because it said org and not com. (laughs) Um, BCC, as it's called. Skincancer.tv. Growth, right it's a it's a cancer that grows slowly so with it with early detection and treatment most cases are curable thankfully even if not curable it's super rare for a basal cell basal cell carcinoma to spread and become a life-threatening disease so um hopefully moral it isn't story, you know folks, gonna lay off the basil you are what you eat moral of the story is bret hart just has the worst luck there ever will be the well, man yeah, just I do cannot have to catch know, a is fucking it, is break it, is it on his hand <laughs> i remember that that was good <laughs> can't, i can't make it vince it's my hand i can't make it sorry uh, you're gonna have to find a replacement call up that suck wiener guy i heard suck wiener's awesome just give him just give him a call <laughs> Uh, Fit Finlay, he loves to fight. Father of New Japan's wrestling star and co-tag team champion David Finlay, and current WWE producer, 
announced on Twitter that he was having shoulder surgery Thursday. Shoulder. Soldering surgery. They're soldering his shoulder. (laughs) He's having shoulder soldering. Shoulder soldering surgery. Uh, I couldn't come Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having shoulder replacement surgery. I've elected to try the newest experimental development in this field. It will have Bluetooth and Wi-Fi capability. Amazing. You know how fucked up this world is? I don't know if he's fucking joking or if this is legit. <laughs> I, I, I honestly do it's not. It's all good know. until you realize Bluetooth can only uh, interact with one device at a time. <laughs> <laughs> what more would you need it to interact with? I don't know. That's just something I've been either. thinking about in my brain lately. Like, Bluetooth is okay, but they need to get the next tooth out. That, we need some green teeth. Like, I'd like my phone or to be blue able to teeth. whatever I wanted to without having to shut everything else off. Yeah, we want blue, te- blue teeth. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I sit here and wonder as I, as I was writing this up the other day, is Fit Finley known for his WWE tenure, or do most wrestling fans now know him as David Finley's dad? I wasn't sure, so we just threw it all in there. I know him for his wrestling with, uh, with, with, Hornswoggle. Well, you do, but you're old. Yeah, but but that's still not his original run with WWE, right? Because I don't know the run before that. Um, he didn't have a run before that. He was the WCW NWA guy before that. He was Dave Finley under his under his legal name. I got it. I mean, it was the same gimmick, but that's what he was. He had the air of somebody who was like a a veteran in WWE with the way they treated him. Other than the having the having the the midget being his leprechaun. Well, Pasty, Sasha Banks wasn't at this year's Royal Rumble event in any capacity. Trust me, I noticed. (laughs) Fucking let me down, bitch. (laughs) Never again. Never again. I love that. I love it. Several reports state this was due to injury. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful gave out word that Sasha was absent from action because of an injury. And Mike Johnson of PW Insider added that the reported injury is reasoning for why her story with Lacey Evans has seen all scheduled matches getting canceled along the way. Johnson adds that Banks was planned to be in the Rumble up until Saturday, the day before, but the injury is what ultimately kept her from competing. I've been in the studio working on an album (laughs) produced by my uncle Snoop Dogg, and at that point I'm like, yeah, they're going to put her, (laughs) and Snoop Dogg's going to be a mania. Well, it would seem, Pasty, that whatever the injury is, it is ankle-related, allegedly. So, You and Bret Hart, I swear to God, Fucking work rate, poor fucking me. <laughs> Save me, Suckweender. <laughs> Take me back. Take me back. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just love it. Uh, this is a good one. It is. Whew. Oh. The only thing that could make this day better is if I was, if I was watching porn <laughs> while doing this. Oh, who says I'm not? I don't know. Beth Phoenix says, and she also made an impressive return, was busted open pretty well early in the Women's Royal Rumble match on Sunday. Phoenix, who entered the ring at number 19, was 19. Spending, 
Bianca Belair in the corner. God, Belair had a great Rumble match. She is the EST, baby. I think she was the second one in, and she was in until almost the end. Nice. She is the EST. I love her. Mm -hmm. I I wanted to message you while watching it. Like, you got to watch the women's because your girl's going to go the fucking distance. I'm hoping to go back and watch the women's rumble and you the uh, strap match. Again, we, we'll we talk about that. I guess we got more to go ahead. And, and the people who have more time than that, I, I highly recommend watching the whole thing because it's all worth it. The first match is a little who gives a fuck, but not bad in its own. Anyways, was fighting uh, Phoenix who entered in out of the ring at number 19, was fighting Bianca Belair in the corner when Belair struck her in the chest. The Glamazon snapped her head back to sell the blow. However, she hit the back of her head on the post. Belair reacted to the spot immediately, talking with Phoenix. Phoenix kept wrestling for several more minutes as the blood started to turn her hair red and remained in the match until she was tossed out by Shayna Baszler towards the end. Phoenix's husband, Edge, who made his own return during the Men's Royal Rumble match, commented on his wife working through the injury, tweeting, My wife is a badass. She and sure indeed is. she is. I've never been more proud of and humbled by her than in this moment. And it was good. And after she got busted open, like her and Natalia started working together as a team, and she ended up throwing Natalia out at one point, and the blood and the hair... Literally, if she didn't have the hair, she'd have been Ric Flared out. I swear to God. Yeah. Because that hair soaked it up. And I've always been a Glamazon fan. I think most people are. It's hard to dislike yeah. her. No. But um, I mean, she, she's, she's a tough out. one. She can't be a bad broad. No, she's she's a tough one, and she definitely showed it can I during the rum roll. Uh, yeah, I think you can. I use that term. <laughs> I can say it because I have tits, though. Uh, so do I. Okay, so we can say it then. Yes. It's our, it's our pass. Oh, well, Pasty. Well, I got a 12-inch another... dick. Does that mean I could say the N-word? <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Pasty, you only have 12 inches when you're reading the ruler backwards, my friend. <laughs> um, an, an injury occurred also in the men's battle royal as AJ Styles reportedly suffered a left arm injury during that match. It seems Styles wanted to take a big bump from Edge's spear, but in doing so, he landed on his left shoulder and got injured. Styles came back up from the spear holding his left arm, and it actually appeared to just be dangling there as if he couldn't move it. WWE officials wanted him to leave the ring right away, but apparently he insisted on being eliminated over the top rope and told Edge to toss him out. Styles was then tended to by WWE officials and medics at ringside right after his elimination. The Phenomenal One is still in the plans for WrestleMania 36, and word is that he's hopeful that he will be back in the ring even sooner, as Wrestling Observer Radio claims Styles is optimistically four to six weeks away from full recovery, and notes AJ does not blame Edge for the injury. He took a hell of a bump on that one. He definitely yes. sold it. He went all out for it. Both Edge and him went all out on it, and uh, oh. it's just a just a freak accident. It happens. I mean, and it was it was good seeing as uh, the camera totally botched catching Edge's first spear in nine years or whatever <laughs> in reaction. God, I was pretty pissed at that too. The announcers are selling it because they're watching it, and I can't see it because they're looking at some stupid shit. 
It is awesome, and it was though, Ziggler that... taking it, man. And, you know, he sells like crazy. Oh, he, he's yeah. a bumping machine. Fuck yeah. But I he's think it's the great guy that... you want to take your first spear back. That's for sure. I think it's great that AJ, like Beth before him, wasn't just going to get taken out of the match. He's mm. like, no, you know, I can't work. I know I got to go. But you know what? <clears throat> I can hold my arm and take a safe bump over the top. And he allowed a, a ring-rusted edge to be the one to throw him over, which is is taking a lot of liberties. Well, you know at I mean? that point in the match, Carl Anderson was in the ring with AJ, but Gallows hadn't gotten there yet. And it was reported that AJ was supposed to have more of a spot with Edge following that up. Yeah. And it would set something up for them. Yeah, they were supposed to have there. kind of a, a little thing in the ring, which yeah. would have been awesome. Two, yeah. two greats. Yeah. It's, it's a shame that he was injured and, and couldn't see that out. Because now Vince might just never let it happen ever. You know what I mean? Vince is one to go on from things that fast. He does. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> Samoa Joe was injured during his tag team match with Kevin Owens on Raw. Oh my God, 25% of, Raw, of WWE is injured now. I know. <laughs> the Samoan submission machine hit his head hard as he and Kevin Owens took on Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. He was then removed from the match by the ref. On camera, Joe looked upset with the d- decision. Dave Meltzer reported on the Wrestling Observer Radio that this was a legitimate injury and decision by the referee. Wade Keller of PW Torch also confirms that this was not a booked angle for the match. According to Meltzer, the concern right now is that it could be a concussion, but no further word on the severity of Joe's situation is known at this time. It sucks, man. Every time Joe looks like he's going to get somewhere, something pushes him back. I just have to say, with these two news news blips right behind each other. When are we going to get AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe in a big pay-per-view match and a big feud? Mm-hmm. Well, we had the big feud where Samoa Joe went to his house and diddled his kids or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Did we get a match? Or didn't we get a shitty yeah, match from that? There was three matches. There was three matches. One and none of them were good, am I right? No contest. It was, it was pretty lackluster. Yeah, I for, you know, that's how bad it, it is. I completely promos. forgot about it. It was great promos, but it was lackluster. And I think, I think, like, like heel Joe versus heel Styles is the way you want to set it up, not face either of them. Right, I, I can see that. Just, they just they do they work so well together. Each other's way, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it sucks too because at this point it's like Joe's never gonna get the push in WWE, but he's no. so nearing the end of his time. Like his I would understand if he everything. stayed to keep the money, but creatively he'd be better off to go anywhere else. Probably, but I I could see him wanting to retire here. Yeah. <clears throat> like you said, just for the money and maybe for the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, become a producer or a trainer or an agent or something. Maybe, but I, I don't feel like him. Vince is ever going to take him seriously in a backstage role if he doesn't take him seriously as a performer. Well, look at all the people that he's hired. I mean, he hired Abyss in a, as as a uh, as a agent. <clears throat> I think that's only because he never heard of him before. <laughs> he said he tends to put people back there that we wouldn't think. You know, yeah. Jamie Noble is a big backstage person. You know, <laughs> Fit Finley, uh, all these guys that you wouldn't think Vince would. I I honestly, with the little run he had on the announce table, wouldn't mind seeing him announcing. That'd be good as well, I think. Dude, if if he and Kevin Owens retired in WWE and became an announce team together, I'd love that. 
I think I would. They might step on each other and not work, but I think I would like it. They also might do that in the best ways possible. Um, that is true. Mm-hmm. And pasty with the twenty minutes left, can we knock out the Royal oh, yeah, Rumble here in twenty minutes? Can. Definitely can. This was an easy show to watch, and it'll be an easy show to get through. They kept the the boring. We didn't really care so much to see it stuff to the pre-show. So Sheamus defeated Shorty G. Whoop whoop. Uh, United States Championship match Andrade defeated Humberto Carrillo. I had tuned in by this point, but I wasn't paying attention. I was like, it was it was like five o'clock, and the pre-show had already been on for an hour. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it! Right? It's starting now. Uh, I'll tune in, but I'm gonna do other shit. Yeah. <laughs> but the first match falls count anywhere. Roman Reigns uh, defeated King Corbin. In what is pretty typical of a Falls Count Anywhere match, but it wasn't bad by any means. Started in uh, near the ring, broke some tables at ringside, went through the audience to the equipment area, technical equipment area, which is basically just this big empty space in the middle of the crowd where they could do some shit and wrestled around over there. Eventually, Roman Reigns put Corbin in a porta potty that had wheels on it for some reason. And wheeled him around a little bit, but didn't spin it, which I would have done. And of course, and then he tipped it over, and Baron Corbin came out with any without any shit or blue juice or anything on him, clean as a whistle. So it was a uh, pointless and worthless. And then, of course, the Usos and and Corbin uh, Ziggler and Rude got in on the match, but it ended up with uh, Roman Reigns getting the win, and that's all I have to say about that. We like it. It was my least favorite match on the card, but I would still, it's the first match on the card, and it's the only match on the card I wouldn't recommend watching, so watch it anyway. (laughs) That kind of thing, folks. Up next, we had the Women's Royal Rumble match. Charlotte Flair won last by eliminating Shayna Baszler. Baszler had a great showcase in this match, uh, but especially Bianca Belair with the hair was the standout star of the match <laughs> until until, uh, until until Beth Phoenix busted her head open. And at that point, I was all Beth the whole oh, way. I wanted, yeah. I wanted her to win. I wanted her to win. And they all looked good. It was, a, it was a pretty solid match. I don't think there was any real issues. Um, um, I haven't heard any negative. Naomi came back with a really bouncy big fro and a new outfit that's very colorful and bright. And she did a Kofi move where she caught the got launched off the edge and caught the barricade and then kind of straddled it. And then she stood on the announce tables for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, she was always the uh, <clears throat> she was always the, the Kofi of the women's. Was there? Uh, there was a couple women that were rumored to be returning. I don't remember who they all were, but she was one. I know. Yeah, and uh, who was it? Was it Kelly? Kelly, maybe. Well, she wouldn't be a return. She'd be like a. Uh, I don't a, know. Uh, okay. I don't know. Not there a, was, there's quite a few uh, NXT women more That's than I had good. anticipated. And Which like, is good. Yeah. Good to give him a little uh, a platform, if you will. Mm-hmm. 
No, this was it was really solid. Uh, I liked the work in it a lot, and I I really liked it's it's a very different watch than the Men's Royal Rumble, and I always appreciate that. Yeah, that's what they should do with whenever they have these. <laughs> but it's hard men's to do in a match either. where there's fucking a ton of people in it, and it, all the objective is is to look like you're doing something until you throw people out. Yeah, I come back to what I said when they first did this. Don't do two in one pay per view. Yeah. This year do a women's Royal Rumble. Next year do a men's Royal Rumble. Next year do a women's Royal Rumble. Then do a tag not team that Royal difficult Rumble. to do. Let's not. Come on. Let's not. 60-man tag team Royal Rumble. Let's, let's not. Three hours long. Let's not. <laughs> uh, I wish I could remember more of the highlights. There was a lot of stuff I really liked about this match, and I, I definitely recommend watching it. This is one match that I, I hope to go back and rewatch. Don't know that I will, but I would really like to. Mm-hmm. Then we have the SmackDown Women's Championship match, and I was really hopeful for Lacey Evans to win this one, although I didn't pick her. <laughs> Neither did I, so, you know. We, but, we, uh, were playing, we were playing the smart hand. Hello. Mm-hmm. But at the point Lacey <laughs> Evans' daughter was at ringside, I knew I knew she was losing. That's uh, just Bailey. harsh. It was Lacey had a really good match. She did a lot against Bailey. Bailey just kind of pulled it out in the end, like a like a heel champ would do. Solid match, um, not great, but good for the position on the card and and kept things moving along just fine. It developed yeah. Lacey Evans more. It, it's interesting seeing her as a face now because I, I I really enjoyed her heel little beginning stint. That's just me. Then we had the Universal Championship strap match for the strap. Seeing the Fiend Bray Wyatt defeating Daniel Bryan and leaving him in a bruised and welted mess. And I'm just disappointed it was not a traditional strap match. I just may not go back and watch this. (laughs) Bryan would have had a chance of winning if it would have been a four corners. But it was still It was a good for what you want In a Fiend match Which is a solid beat down Let the guy get some offense It's like a Brock Lesnar match But darker They also didn't use the red light So that's a thumbs up Yeah and Daniel Bryan is so good At at being (laughs) No no pun intended The whipping boy in a match You know what I (laughs) mean Yep just being the guy that gets beat down constantly <laughs> and shows glimmers of the, that one Royal Rumble. Holy fuck. Yeah. He gets those so glimmers where you're like, was, Oh, maybe you can, match oh, back. maybe you can. And, like, and then it's light me up boys. And Andrade fucking tore up his chest. It's good. Yeah. Watch this match. It's it's fun. And like I said, no red light means easy to watch. Good time stuff. Then we have the Raw Women's Championship match. Becky Lynch defeating Asuka by submission. And at many points, it looked like Asuka was going to win this one. But she went to do the green mist on Becky Lynch at the end, and Lynch hit her with a kick to the gut, which caused her to spit it up in the air all over her own face, which was a really good ah, touch. It was That's nice. interesting. And then and then Lynch got her in the disarmor. And it looked like she was going to snap her fucking arm off. 
Ironically, even though I uh, voted for Becky and you voted for Oscar, I was really hoping Oscar would win this one. Mm-hmm. But I just, I really didn't think WWE they felt the it was the time. End. Becky's never beat Oscar. This could be one more time she never beat Oscar. Yeah, but remember when Oscar came in undefeated and they just had her fucking lose for no reason randomly, and it's like they didn't, they don't give a shit. They don't care. They don't give a fuck. Although I gotta say, uh, the women's Royal Rumble match, I am kind of predicting Charlotte Flair to say she was going after the NXT Women's Title because either Raw or SmackDown, the choice is too obvious. She's had too many matches with either one of them. Bailey or Becky, you know what I mean? Oh, but I think it's I think it's definitely Charlotte Becky Flair versus Charlotte versus Rhea Mania. Ripley at Mania. Now that sounds like something I'd want to see. As a fan, yes, but again, booking through WWE's eyes, it's Charlotte Becky Mania. I think we all know that. Uh, I would love for it to be Charlotte Rhea Ripley, but it's not. It's Charlotte Becky. Not saying I want it to be, just saying what it's going to be. And that's where Charlotte is is getting her moment. No, and I you want, know what? I I'm okay Becky's with it because to come out of elimination chamber. I don't think I don't think Charlotte has Charlotte. She probably has won the title at WrestleMania, but not recently. I think. <laughs> what? I don't know. Okay. Charlotte, you... I, I think it's. We can't always shit on her. For me, not no. being a Charlotte fan, I get it, and I I, I think that she gets more than she deserves. No, but overall, she's, I am a Charlotte fan. She's probably yeah, one of the she's most taken, athletic women on the roster. I I wouldn't go near that far, but she's she's a wrestler. Pounded um, size wise, though, she keeps up very well. Yeah, but I could definitely see them them anointing her again at at Rumble, giving her that moment in the sun, and she's taken a backseat for lo- for long enough, and I, I'll be okay with it. If she has to pick, if she has to pick Raw or SmackDown, I would rather see her go after Bailey because we had less of that, especially now that Bailey's got this new edge, edgy Egyptian princess Agreed. going on. I'd like but, the uh, story because I I do I really want to see Becky Lynch's opponent come through Elimination Chamber like rise to the challenge. Who would you Who would you have? Beth Phoenix. That's not happening. Why not? Why not? Why not? You have well, Edge first back. Of all, you have Edge back. You get his wife too. Next, not this year's WrestleMania. Next year's WrestleMania, you catch it, cash in by having an intergender match with Triple H and Stephanie. Because I'm just gonna be fair across the board, and if I don't want to see, uh, if I don't want to see some rant, if I don't want to see some random dipshit from the past come in all of a sudden and get a WrestleMania spot like The Rock or something. I don't want Beth Phoenix coming in at fucking Royal Rumble and then getting a a shot at Mania. That'd just be stupid. She has no right to be in that. That'd well, be I mean, dumb. Lynch could also keep the Oscar thing going through Mania, and I wouldn't be mad. I'd be all right with that, especially if Oscar worked her way up through the Elimination Chamber. And if if uh, if Banks is is injured, we're definitely not, probably definitely not getting Bailey Banks at Mania. So, which we deserve. Yeah. Finally, and now would be a good time to do it. What if we got uh, Lacey Evans, Becky Lynch? I'd be cool with that. Okay. I don't think Lacey Evans has really let me down since her first couple of matches. Lacey Evans is just right there at the cusp. She's just See, I want, I want Lacey Evans versus Charlotte for the title at Mania. That's what I do, <laughs> you know? Right. 
Because I do. I look at Lacey Evans as Charlotte Flair 2.0. Which is weird because Charlotte Flair hasn't even gotten to the 2.0 yet. (laughs) But, yeah. Uh, And then we have the Piece de Resistance. The Men's Royal Rumble. I can't remember the last time it felt so good to watch a Royal Rumble match, man. This was enjoyable from beginning to end. Ooh, Very much so. Kicked off the match by eliminating the first 13 superstars in short order. Yeah, he definitely in between. His, uh, he summoned his inner Stone Cold Steve Austin by just coming in at one and just throwing everybody out as they came and then just waiting for them. But it wasn't all samey, samey for 13 men. Every every single one of them felt like its own individual, like, short story, and it was great. Towards, towards the end, it did. The first, yeah. 10, the first 10 were basically just, here you go, there you go, here you go, there you go. But, but I liked I mean, that when, he paused uh, in the middle and brought the uh, championship in. Yeah. And he was, he's, you know, hey, I'm, you know, he's like, he had time to just sit there and boast and brag. And when you MVP, like that. when MVP came out and he was dancing MVP's music, that was pretty awesome. When Shelton Benjamin came out and Paul Heyman welcomed him and, and Brock was like, yeah, you and me, we're going to take down all these guys. And then he The Minnesota Wrecking pretty Crew. Great. Pretty fucking I think great. It's sad, though, because I don't think anybody there knew the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. I don't. I think that went over everybody's head. The, yeah. the, the, um, the announcers never even really they, – they were like, oh, former partners or something, but never really talked about the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. I was like, what? Yeah. Shout out Minnesota, you dumb fucks! <laughs> I did love that uh, Keith Lee. Yeah, didn't didn't take him That's to the limits, <laughs> but Keith Lee stood up for himself. Yeah, you know. Yep. And I loved that Kofi came in, and he was the first guy to last until the next guy came in, and the next guy was Rey Mysterio, the two last guys that Brock has feuded with, and two small guys, and they were able to kind of bring it to him for a little bit. It was good. See, yeah, I thought that was weird too because they're like. Ray Mysterio came out and they're like, "Oh, Ray Mysterio and Brock Lesnar have history." And I'm like, "Fucking says who?" Well, they had a match back <laughs> in the day, and then they just had a match recently. <laughs> so you have two matches with somebody, and you guess you have history all of a sudden. I was like, "You know, he doesn't have a history with them. They just work." I just in think the it's same easy company. to say that when they're they're from the same era, relatively. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I don't, I don't think Brock of them. was the big guy on Raw when Ray was the big guy on SmackDown. I guess I don't think of them from being from the same era because to me, Ray Mysterio is a you know right. mid nineties guy. But... WCW and shit. Yeah, but, but yeah, somebody I, like I can me see who that. wasn't really yeah yeah. So I can see that, and I was uh, I was disappointed. I was going to bring it up earlier when you're talking about uh, Naomi, but I thought I'd wait. No Kofi spot this year. Nope. Well, they Naomi's the taking Kofi it spot. over. I think. Well, she always did it on the women's. Yeah, well, I was on thinking the, that as on soon the as the um, episode of the New Day podcast, Kofi did say he stole it from John Morrison. Now John Morrison, now you're taking it from me. Let him do it. Why do you keep stepping on my toes? I was gonna say I thought when Kofi didn't get it that maybe John Morrison was gonna take it back, but nope. No, John we didn't, didn't have that anytime. either. No, they made John look like a bitch. It was bad. That is a good episode. I, I recommend. Dude, folks did you notice the, uh, John Morrison's intro? They they had hit him with the slow mo like they always do, and then AJ no. Styles' intro kind of had a little bit of the slow mo too, and I don't think it was on purpose. But I think oh, AJ I didn't came notice out right either after one, Morrison, to be honest. and I laughed so hard because they're so similar. <laughs> that is awesome. I didn't notice either one, but that is I mean, awesome. John Morrison is just AJ Styles with more abs. I don't think so at all. I think they're pretty close. 
I don't think so at I all. I think they have extremely different. Those two. I wouldn't mind it, but I think they got extremely different wrestling styles. The two don't wrestle similar at all. But no, the the effortless way they they do the things they do, it's very they're very similar in that. They're story. effervescent. Yes, golden gods. AJ's got to work on his abs though. He does. Well, nobody's got abs like Joe Mo. No. Oh, uh, well, Finn Balor. My gosh, I would I would make bread on his abs. Oh. Finn Balor, yeah, yeah, Finn Dude, Balor, Joe Mo, those If two. you could put your face between John Morrison and Finn Balor's abs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I'd be like gay for however long level. they were there. It's, it's just like, like achieving I'd be perfect there. level. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. We love it. I'm getting a little chub. Let's keep going. Yeah. I don't mean let's keep going with this. I mean let's move on. I'm gonna... <laughs> <clears throat> I'm straight, folks. <laughs> Hello. Uh, man, just the Brock Lesnar half of the Royal Rumble was fun. And it was it was so much better than I anticipated it being. And the fact that it felt like it could have ran through the end if it needed to was great. And one thing that really surprises me is I wasn't sure if I was going to watch any of of the the pay-per-view i was gonna wait and see what people had to say you know i i went back and i realized i was like oh shit i don't think i've watched any wwe since last wrestlemania i don't think i've watched any and i was like no there was no evolution pay-per-view so i really don't think i have but i heard so many good things about the rumble and people saying this is one of the best royal rumbles ever some people saying the best ever I'm, and so I'm, I went back I'm, I'm to watch kind of it. One leaning on but, the direction of that, but I didn't watch yeah, but, a lot of the old ones. But the thing is, after hearing that, I went back to watch it, and usually when it's hyped up like that, you can almost You're only be let down. Yeah, yeah. And I went into this watching it, and I was like, God, I really did enjoy every moment of it. I wasn't no, let down. It wasn't overhyped. The was written better than Raw or SmackDown. You know what I mean? As a match, it was better put together than anything WWE has done in a long time. Yeah, like you've got out and meticulous, and and everybody had their part, and their part mattered in a sense for the most part. And to me, just off the top of my head, and I don't have a particular order. Of course, ninety two rumbles always probably my favorite, but I think ninety, ninety two, two thousand one, and this one right here just jump out to me now as some of the best rumbles ever. Um, I'm trying to think of who was uh, part of booking this. I I know that um, I know that Abyss was part of booking the Rumble. So way to go, Abyss. Heyman was way to earn your I, keep. What I had heard. Um, I heard Heyman had I heard Heyman had creative control over Brock's performances in the Rumble. I don't think he was an actual um, uh, agent on the Rumble itself. He well, was just part of like booking Brock stuff. For Drew McIntyre to get his time. Allegedly, that was all Vince. I don't think Heyman had nothing to do with old Drew McIntyre. Vince was the one who... Because apparently Vince changed the ending from it being Roman Reigns to it being Drew because his original plan was once Drew McIntyre kicks Brock Lesnar out of the ring, that makes Drew McIntyre. Now you have Brock and McIntyre for WrestleMania. Yeah. Then you have Roman Reigns win. And then you got Fiend. Roman Reigns um, and whoever else, uh, Daniel Bryan. Fiend. Right? No, Fiend, yeah, for WrestleMania. But then he decided, no, you know what? We're going to go all in on this Wouldn't Drew McIntyre thing. So I don't think pay, Roman Heyman Reigns and... at WrestleMania and Roman's cancer came back. That would be funny. <laughs> like, damn it, this is the era you give me. <laughs> yeah, so... Um... I'm going to do a quick search here and see if I can find any. But I know Abyss for sure was a big part of it. 
It was so different from what I'm used to seeing. It really was. And you think about it, Abyss hasn't been in there long, so that was no. kind of... Uh, match agents. Let's see if I get something here. Do, do, do. They definitely, whoever it is, deserves all the credit in the world. Agents. Oh, yeah. Shane McMahon, Jamie Noble, Abyss, and Lance Storm were the agents for it. So, Paul Heyman had input on Brock Lesnar's booking during the match. But as far as actually being agents for the uh, Rumble. After the last year that we had with Shane McMahon, I'm surprised anything with his hands on it was this good. (laughs) Right. Well... Who knows? He might have just gotten name recognition alone. But, yeah, Jamie Noble, you got to give him credit. Lance Storm, of course, is a pro. Abyss, I got nothing but respect for him. So that's cool. And the fact that Vince actually turned Golden Boy Roman away for Drew McIntyre impresses me. It's good. Besides, you still have Elimination Chamber, and I think that's, for for The Fiend, you want his opponent to come out of that because it's a little bit more of a hellscape. And you could just bask the whole Elimination Chamber in red if you want. No, they abandoned that. I don't think they're going to go back to it. But they could do it if they want. The Elimination Chamber itself will just be red like it was last year. Was it red last year? Yeah. That's sad. I know. Well, what wasn't sad was this pay-per-view. I'm going to say the best match was definitely the Men's Royal Rumble because I'm going to go back and watch this one again, and I know I am. I'm going to say for sure that the best match I watched out of this was the Royal Rumble. Although, to be fair, the worst match I watched out of this was the Royal Rumble. Yeah. No, I I agree, though. This is one that I'm going to go back to. uh, Maybe next year I'll go rewatch it. I know five years down the road, ten years down the road, this is one I'm going to go back and watch. Like I said, you got 90, 92. That's the thing. great point. Like, anybody who doesn't watch wrestling, you show them a Royal Rumble to get them started. And I think this will be a good Uh, point. I would disagree. Uh, I don't. I, I I would strongly disagree. Because if you're a fan, you get all of the the nostalgia from seeing all the people. But I think they're boring if you're not already a wrestling fan. Even this one, if you're not a wrestling fan and don't know these characters, are you gonna have fun watching them just jump in and then jump out right away? Yeah, I get. I get what you're saying. I hear you, but I don't think. But I, I think this is I think Royal Rumbles are great things for like me in particular when I go back. I after this uh, Royal Rumble I went back and watched the 1991 because mm. like I said I watched the 92 all the time. You had brought it up. I watched the 1991 and it's cool to go back and see all of the nostalgia acts that you see. Oh, I remember watching them. Oh, I loved them. Oh, look at this gimmick. Oh, these guys are feuding then. Oh, I love that and I, I think guess, they're yeah, easy it's, ones it's a to great go back time and rewatch. Capsule. Of yeah, that's a good way to put it, Pasty. Yes. It is. It's a good time capsule. It's Vince McMahon's parade. So what's the uh, grade you give it then? God. One match that wasn't worth watching but was still not bad enough to not watch it. I got to give this an A. All right. I'll, I'll back that up because for sure the, the Royal Rumble itself – the men's Royal Rumble itself is an A+. Plus. Yeah. So I'll back you up on that A grade. I got, I'm not going to try to argue with it. I didn't watch any of it other than that. So sounds good. We got an A pay-per-view this weekend and a C-plus pay-per-view this weekend. So we're running the gamut. They kind of spread it out for us. Yes. Hey, I'm glad I skipped the one I skipped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
glad I watched it. It was enjoyable to watch, and, and it obviously was probably two or three hours less than that one. Yeah. So No, I had I'm meant okay to watch it, but of well. course after the Royal Rumble, I'm like, God damn it, now I have to watch Raw tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Pasty, we had a good old school NWA uh, title tournament. We had a, a classic WWE Royal Rumble spot fest. Uh, coming up next week, we're going to have predictions for New Japan, New Beginnings in Osaka. So it's going to be a New Japan one next week. So completely different again. It's, I'm it's getting so busy with all these and pro New wrestling Japan companies holds an now. Rank. They better come out of the park hard with this one. I think it's going to be good, but I don't think it's going to even touch Wrestle Kingdom. And I, I feel that, like that might hurt the grade for us. I don't know, but yeah, we'll have to see. I don't know. Who it's knows? definitely going to be held up to that yardstick. It's Ooh. going to be. With that being said, Pace, did you have any more on this week's show? It's a jam-packed show here. Hell yeah. Pack to the rafters. <sighs> praise be to all you, our fans at Beef Sticks Podcast. And praise be to Suckweender Gruel. We love Suckweender. We will Suckweender next week. And we hope that you join us to Suckweender as well. Yes. Thank you very much for joining us. 